Welcome to Unspoken Requests, episode number seven, with Jared and Mike. Hey, Josh, could you uh, bump up the bed music? Jeez, Jared, you really attacked it. (laughs) This is our new engineer intern, Josh, in here, right? Hey, guys. Yeah, welcome, Josh, to the show. He is the new engineer? Uh, Unbeknownst to him, yeah. Yeah, I'll hop on the board uh, Did you book a guest for this show? I thought you were going to. Hey guys. Well, Josh is here. Yeah, He's, I can just be the guest. So he is the engineer. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, That's I'm, what it said on the paperwork that we signed. Are you interesting at all? <laughs> hey, I can try. Okay. I can try, and I'll run this board too. Don't worry. All right, our guest this week is our studio engineer intern. Uh, do we have to sign anything for your college credit? Uh, You know, I, I would appreciate that. Mike, can you take care of all that? that. It would really help me. It would help me get that final credit. It would help me get that final credit. I'll get with our uh, (laughs) lawyer uh, this afternoon. Don't don't give him five stars unless he's always there with the bed music at all times. I don't want to talk to you (laughs) with nothing going on in the background because it's boring. Oh, boy. (laughs) You mean like a Yelp review? Did the interns get Yelp reviews? (laughs) Yeah, I I either give the interns one star or five stars. Nothing in between. Nothing in between. Do you know... You guys have heard that on these podcasts. You know what podcasts are? I've only heard it on the Dave Hill show. Oh, okay. I thought I've heard it on more than that, but maybe I've only heard it on Dave Hill's show. But I I, I, I get that it's a a thing that, yeah, all podcasts do. I don't know why. Do you know why? Why, One star or five stars? Nothing in between. Maybe that's just Dave's joke that he does. For some reason, I thought... I Heard of of what? Oh, on a podcast Uh, when they ask you to rate, review, subscribe, all that... Will they say either do one star or five stars, nothing in between? You ever heard that before? No, yeah. Okay. There's, a, there's a good chance <laughs> that I've just why? listened to Dave why? Hill's show so much that I think every podcast does it because I've heard him do it a thousand times. Why would you need to rate them one or five? That's what I was asking, but then it dawned on me that because of what Jared just said, that maybe I, my, my brain is uh, mistaken. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Dave Hill, I noticed him in the credits for the new Todd Berry uh, comedy special on Netflix, Music by Dave Hill. Oh, no kidding. It was nice. Cool. Little background. How was the comedy credit. special? It was funny. I, 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 uh, uh, someone I knew was in, in, in it. I didn't realize. Uh, in the front, from the front row. Oh. Like uh, Brad Sanders from, I uh, used to live in Bloomington, lives oh. in Brooklyn now. Uh, there's a bit where I like, ask him where he works and he talks about Sacred Bones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, records, and that uh, he asked him who the, the uh, <coughs> who their biggest selling artist is, and he says David Lynch because they put up the oh sure, record. and so he makes fun of him for that. Yeah, <laughs> not knowing what a record label actually is, right? And thinking he works at a movie factory, a movie factory. <laughs> Maybe is I that don't where know they what make where they make movies? Yeah, <laughs> the movie factory, the Star Factory is where they make the stars. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, our guest today is, as you now know, Josh Brewer old friend Hi. and new intern engineer he's uh twiddling the knobs today and also going to be our special guest on yeah unspoken request happy to be here great Th- yeah we're happy to have you yeah. oh should we say what we've played so far yeah what have we yeah. played? we played uh, a buck owens tune called who's gonna mow your grass 
I don't think I'd ever heard that song before. I hadn't either until I, Okay I was talking about podcasts a minute ago uh, I was listening to a podcast This week Are you guys into these podcast things? I'm, Do you know what they are? I'm in way too deep <laughs> In podcasts <laughs> I have like 25 hours of backlog <laughs> podcasts wow. I, need, I need to take the day off work and catch up on my pods <laughs> When you listen to a podcast Either one of you mm-hmm. uh, I have a feeling you're going to Have very differing answers on this question mm-hmm. yeah. uh, When you listen to a podcast Is it important for you To listen intently To every minute Or are you able to kind of go in and out If you're working on something else Yeah, And, you're, and you're, it's just kind of um, in the background I have to listen to every minute of most podcasts. It might be an exception here and there. But like, for example, The Best Show. I've heard every minute of that show for the last, yeah. whenever, whenever I started listening to it. And these wrestling podcasts I listen to. <laughs> oh I, boy. I, if, I, if, I'm like, if I like have an emergency in the other room or something, I'll, like have, I'll rewind it. Hit the rewind hmm. button. So do I you, do, you do stuff while you listen to podcasts? I do. I have to be oh, yeah. doing something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me I too. No- I normally... Uh, uh, We'll have my headphones on if I'm in the house. Headphones on, doing stuff around the house. If I'm, uh, if Annie's home, that's my wife. Yeah, sure. Uh, but if I, uh, by myself, then I will have something on the TV with the sound off, and I'll have a record playing uh, instrumental music <laughs> faintly in the background. <laughs> And having the podcast going on on another speaker. Okay. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. It's like that. You see that Rocky Erickson documentary where he has like the TV mm-hmm. on uh, full blast with like static in like five different rooms. Like there's all these TVs and radios on. It, it's like that. Okay. I've been to your house and experienced not that particular uh, setup, but I've seen you have multiple media going at the same time. For example, just yesterday. Um, I was watching a 1981 Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling show with Naturally. the sound off and a podcast and some music and also uh, checking my email. Wow. Mm-hmm. What about you, Josh? What Are you an Josh? intent listener? Yeah. I mean, I'm intent. I can't. I have found that I can't go on a walk. Oh. Like, just the world distracts me too much. Mm-hmm. I won't pay attention to what's being said. But working around the house, I used to play solitaire. I would just sit and play solitaire oh, yeah. while listening listen to a podcast. Like, my mind had to be somewhere else, like, doing something. Or maybe my body had to be doing something so I could pay attention. But yeah. yes, I pay attention to the words. I can't just have it, like, running. Yeah. I mean, I do listen to podcasts kind of all the time, which is crazy. I've thought, like, to have words constantly being spoken in your head. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing yeah. sometimes. Like, sometimes it can be, like, is that too much? You know what I mean? I, I oftentimes yeah. I'm not listening to music. Just listen to podcasts, podcasts. Yeah, but is it the same with music, or is it because, because typically, depending on what kind of music you listen mm-hmm. to, you know, you got you're getting a shorter burst of, of more diverse things. Garbi- that, mm, garbage, otherwise, <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. Uh, sure. <laughs> but I'm I'm just, what I'm saying is, uh, is it, is it worse or better if you're listening nonstop to music or nonstop to podcasts? I don't know. Well, don't, the the, the, the constant like words in your head can be kind of it can get it's different. It's a different thing <laughs> if you yeah. if you do it too long. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have to stay busy doing something else. Yeah, you can't just sit there quietly and staring <laughs> while listening to a podcast. Yeah. you guys listen at regular speed on these podcasts, or speed oh. it up or slow it down. I'm regular Re- speed. Regular speed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. regular speed. I, I couldn't imagine doing. Oh, it just seems no. unnatural or weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If I'm editing, sometimes I at work I edit video professionally. I'm a professional video editor occasionally, <clears throat> and uh, if I'm working on that, sometimes if it's if it's 
depending on what it is, I'll do that at double time. But I don't really, really? care what they're saying so much as that it, the edits work. Just <sighs> that's when I go double time. I'd, or I'm, one I'm, and a half. One and a half. I have time. to say, I said, I said hell no. I really haven't. I've, I've never done it. No. <laughs> I've, never, I've never listened to a podcast at double time. I've done so it. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I was just assuming that I yeah. was going to hate it, but I don't know. Yeah. I was already knee deep in donuts with uh, podcasts already. Yeah. Knee deep in donuts is what a friend of ours <laughs> thought the Beatles song Lady Madonna said. I was knee deep in donuts and podcasts. I love that one. <laughs> and then I found this other one like a month ago. That I've been listening to, and it's the one I listen to this uh, in the middle of right now is five hours long. Wow, they're is all, it Dan they're Carlin? All, they're yeah, like dude. three to five <laughs> hours. <laughs> <long. laughs> like <the one>. yeah. <laughs> no, it's another it's another wrestling podcast. Oh my gosh, five hours! So it's podcast. an additional five hour and wrestling. To the podcast. other three hour one I yeah. listen to. Yeah, my god. And yeah. are they talking about the same stuff? Different stuff. I mean, I could see value in getting someone else's perspective on the same stuff. And especially if one guy only gave you three hours, it's exactly. like, I need this other guy's yeah. take on it, and I need it to be longer. Right. This is different stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I The reason this all came up, I played that Buck Owens tune because I heard it on uh, the podcast Cocaine and Rhinestones this hmm. week. I don't know if you guys know that one. It's this country music history podcast that I've gotten invested in i've listened to many episodes this week how deep in donuts are you i'm knee deep (laughs) (laughs) now how long is this podcast are we talking a three five hour we're talking a two hour podcast it actually not quite like usually like 145 to two hours but the host who i've come to appreciate uh put me off at first Mm -hmm. because of the uh his robotic way of uh enunciating every word and uh just his delivery at first, I was uh, not used to it. Now I'm used to it. Can and you I don't give me an example? I, can you, I can't. Can you do I it? can't imitate okay. it. Okay. Uh, but all that is to say, he's very meticulous and very. Um, he explains himself a lot, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, and uh, at the end, so he does a whole episode about you know this particular one I listened to was a two part episode about Buck Owens and Don Rich. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, at the end of each episode, so he does an hour and a half or whatever. Then there's 20 or 30 minutes that he calls liner notes where he explains editorial decisions that he made throughout the podcast, which I don't usually find those that interesting, but every once in a while, there'll be something that's like, oh, that's an interesting uh, reason for doing what he did. A lot of it just feels like, uh, I got what I need. I don't care about this, but I do appreciate that he does it because now and again, there's a nugget in there that, because other podcasts don't really do that. You know, they don't explain themselves. Yeah. Which you don't normally you don't really need to do, <laughs> and I don't think he needs to do it. But it's nice to get his insights, mm. you know. But anyway, I heard that Buck Owens tune on that show this week. I recommend it. The show or the song? Both. What about Buck Owens? He's a known uh, sex creep. Is he? Well, really? creep in general. <laughs> I think creep. Uh, sex creep is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the show, this guy kept alluding to the fact that he had a lot of enemies. Uh-huh. But he made that seem like it was mostly uh, business-related enemies because he was like a pretty um, uh, shrewd businessman. Yeah. But he did also mention <coughs> that Buck had many uh, romantic partners and like an endless line of, of women, and he would uh, he would always cheat on women. Mm-hmm. He he did mention that. I'll uh, I'll show you when we're off the air. I'll show you some this oh, article. I saw. You got the good stuff. The, oh, the dirt. Okay, great. The, 
I mean, I think it's from a book or something, but just like cool. lays out. No, I'm interested all in that for sure. Uh, Don Rich is the more interesting guy, maybe. Mm. Uh, just just <coughs> because Don, Don Rich was his like right hand man, guitar um, player. Yeah, guitar player and, and sang harmony, and they were like, uh, it, it gets into it on the show. It's you know three hours of <laughs> talking about Buck Owens and Don Rich, <laughs> but uh, Don Rich he was a side man basically. And Buck Owens was the star, so there's tons of information about Buck Owens, but there's not a lot of information about uh, Don Rich, and especially not from Don Rich. So that, and he points us out on the show, the only image we have of Don Rich is from other people. So it's this kind of incomplete picture of this very interesting guy. Uh, but anyway, we just heard "Who's Gonna Mow Your Grass" by Buck Owens. After that, we heard Mr. Lucky. The version by Jimmy McGriff from the album Groove Grease, 1971. Groove Grease. 1971, is that right? Hold on, hold on. Yes, 1971. Have Josh look it up real quick. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, what'd you play after that? After that, we heard Done by Lowe from their 2011 album Come On on the Sub Pop label. Come on. I've been in a real low mood lately. You guys know Lowe? Uh, I've heard their Christmas album. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good, good Christmas That album. is a good one, yeah. I've just been... Maybe it's the time of the year. Maybe it is the season that's gotten me into low. But yeah. I mean, I've been a fan for many years, but uh, been back on the horse listening nonstop to low. That song, Done, in particular, is a favorite of mine. Done. What album was that from? That's from Come On. Come On. That's right. There is a, a video for the lead single from Come On that stars John Stamos. Which is kind of funny. Who was also in the uh, video for uh, the Beach Boys Problem Child uh, soundtrack song. <laughs> what song is that? Because he was playing drums in the band. Oh, funny. Uh, I forget the name of the song, but it's where uh, like a, a milkshake or something is spilled on him while he's drumming. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Love yeah. put out a new record recently of the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And he re-recorded Do It Again, a Beach Boys song that is uh, one I happen to like. But uh, kind of one of the lamer ones. Uh, he re-recorded that, featuring John Stamos and Mark McGrath from uh, Sugar Ray. And the video is just the three of them in front of a white background around a microphone, just like uh, <laughs> hamming it up. <laughs> it's weird and and uncomfortable. John Stamos, guys, getting around. <laughs> have you guys seen Fuller House yet? No, no. My, I think my wife has maybe watched an episode or two, but I have not seen any of it. I've been meaning to watch some more of it. I've heard good things. Really? I've heard it gets better. I've only seen the first few episodes of season one. What is the premise? Uh, you know Full House. I'm familiar with, very familiar uh, with Full House. Uh, this house is even fuller. <laughs> uh, fuller from Home Alone. Uh, oh, so it's like cast. he's going easy on the Pepsi as an adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, Deej and uh, Steph <laughs> and Kimmy. They all live there? They still live there with their dad? They, the dads, because are, the housing the dads prices, are gone. The housing yeah. prices in San Francisco are just too high, so they're living with their folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the dads are gone. They make cameos here and there. Uh, Michelle is uh, deceased, maybe. Oh, no. no I think she's really? not in the picture. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it mainly centers around Deej uh, and her kids, and I think Kimmy and Stephanie maybe move in to help 
raise the kids just wow. like just like those guys did years ago. I could be wrong on that. But Jody Sweeten. She yeah. was a meth head for a while. Did you guys know that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys are up on your celeb gossip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Dish. Uh, Who's Jody Sweeten? You know I am, but... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, but you want the listeners to know. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Uh, for listeners. Um, she plays Stephanie Tanner uh, on Full House. I haven't seen Fuller House. I'm assuming she reprises the role. Uh, but yeah, she was like a meth head for a while. She, I guess she's okay. clean. Yeah. All right. And... Uh, Here's a question. Candace Cameron Burr. Is that her new name? That's her name, yeah. Okay. She's the DJ, Tanner. Okay. Uh, she's the sister of Kirk Cameron. Right. He's a religious nut case. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know she is also politically conservative and religious, but I don't know if she's as kooky as her brother, but I wonder, because people yeah. take him down a lot because he's really aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if she's uh, in cahoots. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, last I saw her, she was doing a uh, promo for a Hallmark Christmas movie. She was like oh. hosting the evening uh, evening schedule of Christmas movies on the Hallmark movie channel. She didn't seem that crazy then. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like a better actor as well. She wasn't like spewing any hate at that time. <laughs> no hatred or bigotry or coming out during no, her Hallmark thing at all. She was just holding a hot chocolate or something, probably stirring it with a candy cane. Speaking of Hallmark, yeah, we should play some more music and then actually talk to Josh after that. But um, this we just we reminded got all, me. We got all night. Jared had a birthday recently. Yeah, well, yeah. it's been a month ago today, actually. Happy birthday, Jared. But thanks. Yeah, uh, happy birthday. Well, Belated. not actually a month ago. Don't ruin the illusion of... Okay, it's been a month ago today, <laughs> and uh, we had a we had a little, you know, uh, somewhat of a gift for Jared that we wanted to give to him in a card. My wife went to get a card at the store, and I recently bought a card for uh, another friend of ours who got married, and I was complaining to her that I couldn't find a good, just like understated simple congratulations on your nuptials card and she complained to me via text like all the birthday cards are bad too cards are just bad oh i got a birthday card tip for you oh yeah tell me please what do you got hold on i just find them all to be like bad humor or really obnoxious i'm going to show our guest josh the card yeah, that what you do you got, got here you yeah. just pulled something out of your bag this is the card I was given on my birthday. Wow, there are a number of cats with lasers coming out of their eyes, colorful triangles. It's so 2012. Oh, mm-hmm. This is an adorable card. It does feel very dated, and it's ugly, and it's loud and obnoxious. Just Wink. But the, the Just Wink company. Oh, it's a Just Wink. <laughs> it's yeah. a Just Wink company yeah. card. But Beautiful not, card. Not I to think disparage <laughs> Just Wink. But, <laughs> <laughs> but after reading your note, it made it a good card, because... I could tell that you were aware that it sucks. Because <laughs> you say, sorry, this card sucks. It's all they had. <laughs> we love you. That's real nice. Uh, you know where you get your birthday cards? No, tell me. I don't know where she got that one. No, I'm saying where, where you should, should get you? your birthday cards. No, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. saying, I'm not sure where that one came from. Please tell me where. Do you I know where get... you get your birthday cards? <laughs> I don't know where I get mine. No, where anyone gets their birthday <laughs> cards. Sorry. Uh, Helping Hands Thrift Store, Fairmount, Indiana. Oh, I'm not <laughs> driving yeah, I'm to saying. Fairmount <laughs> to get a... It was a last it's minute worth thing. the drive. You save two dollars and a half per card. <laughs> they're only like ten cents, but they're uh, they're mostly from like the eighties and nineties. Yeah, the they good have a great stuff. selection. Where's, where's Fairmount? 
Uh, it's about two hours, 15 minutes northeast of here, home of James Dean. It's near extinction, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, speaking of my birthday. James Dean's hometown, Fairmount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of my birthday, we went up to uh, Franklin, Indiana to watch... Uh, uh, you've been to the Artcraft Oh yeah, I've definitely been to the Artcraft We saw, uh, they were showing an old Elvis, Elvis movie Movie, The Night of My Birthday So, thought we'd go up there and watch it So we watched the movie Girls, Girls, Girls I it's saw a, the 1962 NC-17 film What were you saying? <laughs> I, I saw the trailer before okay. uh, of The what? Christmas Vacation oh. I had, I, It was my first time seeing Christmas Vacation Oh, what'd you think? Oh, right. uh, I really liked it Yeah, it's a great one In the song, in the credit. Like the last song. Oh yeah, is okay. awesome. Boom, yeah, boom, it is boom, good. Boom, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, from the trailer to Girls, 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 what did you think? What would you say the plot of the movie was? Because it was, oh, it was confusing to me. Oh, even though it was very simple. And yeah, I can't. Ways. I can't really. I mean, it was a lot of Elvis on boats. Yeah. Women falling over the back, maybe of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> into the water. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a weird one. It was very weird. I, I told Jared after we watched it. You know, it's kind of it's people fight against this now, but it, and it's, it's this sort of like trope. But it was weird to see a movie where Elvis was the hero, and for the most part, he only did heroic things the whole movie. He was just like the good guy, mm. and there was no like there were no flaws to his character. I mean, you could argue maybe, but there were no like moments of reckoning for this character where he had to like be redeemed or or made a mistake. It was just like. This is an Elvis movie. Elvis is the hero. He's only going to be the hero. And he's kind of... These women are kind of like... Sort of. Not really, but they're kind of fighting over him, but not exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's just... Basically, he's a Casanova, and it's just a picture of his perfect life. It's very strange. It left me feeling kind of weird. I, see, I haven't seen a lot of Elvis movies, I but either. I assumed that... I assume that most of them are like, he's unattainable. Is it like he's the hunk... And the ladies want him. This he's one, he's just, just working on a boat. Yeah. I mean, he's hunky. He's like a he fisherman. Yeah. Yeah, he's, but a, he's, then he's a also hunk a nightclub singer. <laughs> For, that but has no. Make that makes no. Like, it's like another movie they just like threw some footage together of. And, yeah, there are virtually no plot points that have to do with him being a nightclub singer. They just do like four scenes where he's trying to get this ex, like a second job <laughs> being a nightclub singer. It's I was uh, excited to see uh, Jack Nietzsche plays piano in the lounge band. Uh, in this nightclub, nightclub band in this lounge, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, he's a guy that I like. He produced uh, a lot of cool Neil Young early records and like Rolling Stone stuff. And he did the soundtrack to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Anyway, we're gonna hear some Jack Nietzsche now. Is my oh uh, you have some my segue? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah give it to us. This we'll- is the title. What? No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, no, you first, and then I'll say what I was going to say. I was going to say, this is the title track to his album, The Lonely Surfer. Great. And I, after the, after we hear a couple tunes, we're going to come back and really get into it with Josh Brewer. Yeah. Our special guest. Here we go. Here's Jack Nietzsche. Is that how you say his name? Nietzsche. N-I-T-Z-C. No. N-I-T-Z-S-C-H-E. How would you pronounce that? Nietzsche. I wasn't listening. N-I-T-Z-S-C-H-E. What's the like perfect pronunciation of I that? Josh, know. you're first. N i t c. N i t z s c h e. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Or are you wondering if it's Nietzsche or Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah. How do you say it? I don't know. 
Can we get him on the phone? Can you give him a call during the song and he, then we can believe, get him on the air? I believe he's passed on. What about, does he have any kids? Yeah, but how do you say their names? I'm saying you look him up, give him a call, get right. him on the show, find out the truth. Anyway, here's Jack with the Lonely Surfer. That was 1986 Omega Tribe with the song Kimi Wa 1000% from the album Navigator from the year 1986 on the Zap label. That seems kind of all over Japan. the place in terms of language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's an interesting thing to me. With these, uh, one of these Asian pop songs I've been listening to, they'll go uh, back and forth between their their language and our dumb English language. Hmm. You know about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't, uh, we don't do that here. We don't, you know, you don't have a Japanese verse in your songs. No, I don't. Jimmy maybe, does. Maybe you'd be more popular in Japan if you did, though. Yeah. Because I'm listening to this over true. in America because they have that's that true. English chorus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 1986 Omega Tribe. You ever heard of that band? That's the name of the band? Yeah. 1986, 1986. Omega Tribe. No, That was not. from the year 1986. Uh, the following Wait, the 1986 is not in the name of the band or it is yes 1986 is. Omega Tribe is the name of the band their uh, the album that was from the album Navigator the uh, album I uh, had first was Crystal Knight which is by the band 1986 Omega Tribe but it came out in 1987 <laughs> and it looks like those are the only two full length albums they have under that name okay I was buying a uh, Japanese only uh, Terry Funk uh, 1983 Farewell uh, he's a professional wrestler <laughs> uh, vinyl record uh, from the same label actually uh, from uh, Japan from Discogs.com and I was like I'm spending all this money on shipping for this record maybe this seller has some other things that I would <laughs> like to try for like you know add a couple bucks to my order sure yeah and packing it up anyway and I saw the cover of this uh, 1986 Omega Tribe record I thought it looked cool so I took a chance on it. And it paid dividends. And uh, I really like it. Yeah. And then it was th- that was from their other album from the previous year, which I also really From enjoyed. 1986. That yeah. one's from 1986, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 1986 Omega Tribe here on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. What did we hear before that, Mike? Before that, we heard Imaginary Melodies by Elephant Micah, former local boy. Yeah. And before that... Started that off. Oh, we already knew what so, we heard yeah, before that. Lonely Surfer by Jack Lonely Surfer. Speaking of local boys, yeah. we've got one here with us today. Hi. Hi guys. Josh Brewer. Hi. Welcome to the show, Josh. Hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't just bring Josh on today 
because we needed uh, an engineer, though we did and do, um, we brought Josh on to talk about several things he's been up to lately. I was trying to make a joke that I thought he was here as the intern engineer, but oh, he was I, actually the guest. I was happy to keep that artifice going. <laughs> it, you didn't go with it the way I thought you would, but it was maybe, maybe you, maybe even better than what I was. Thinking I was imagining that my little pea brain that we had him here. To run these bo- run this board, uh-huh. and then we realized we didn't oh, have we a guest. Forgot a guest. Okay, and so well, let's just have Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 okay. That works. I'm the other room. On. I am in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the yeah. control yeah. room. Hey, behind so. the glass, that, there's that glass <laughs> rectangular rectangular mm-hmm. glass window. Uh-huh. Anyway, Josh Brewer's here. <laughs> hey, Josh. Uh, hey. Josh, you are a member of. Uh, it, what, is this the proper way to say it? you're a member of Cicada Cinema? Yeah, we usually say. Uh, a volunteer okay. or a member. Yeah. But yeah, a volunteer. Can you tell us a little uh, a little bit about... Uh, introduce Cicada Cinema to sure, the sure. who don't know what it is. Uh, for about a year and a half, I've been... Um, I helped start with a number of other people and run a pop-up movie theater here in Bloomington. Um, is that like pop-up video on VH1 where like little things come up <laughs> yeah, on the screen yeah, like, <laughs> this actor was in this other yeah, movie? Yeah, we show movies and bloop. But we, it's, we but it's with up. people who pop up. <laughs> yeah, we pop yeah, up. You just that's blurt like, it out. That's, a really, good, that's like. a really good idea. <laughs> or you could you could uh, hold like cardboard. <laughs> that's su- you could hold, like hold big that's cardboard really, that's uh, a good bubble idea. Uh, caption things. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't have to like st- pause the movie or whatever. But you yeah. have the pop up sound. But yeah, literal little, little <laughs> giant <laughs> cardboard. I'd go to that. Yeah, I'd go to that experience. Especially it's a movie you've seen a hundred times. You know what's going on, but you want to know more. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. But yeah, <laughs> it's a pop-up it's a pop-up movie theater because uh, we, uh, well, we we've started really. It was at the void, the void, the space on South Rogers that is now not there anymore. Um, but that's basically been our home for the past year, and we were basically showing a movie once a month. Uh, we bought a screen. We all kind of had this desire to see some sort of place in town, some th- a theater that you know you have the IU Cinema. It's beautiful. But there's no food, no drinks. It's a, it's not sterile. It's fun. It's beautiful. But we were looking for something that's just kind of fun, a little bit more weird, mm-hmm. um, place to watch movies, to see th- to see things that were smaller, uh, that were you know weirder. Um, so either way, we started uh, screening movies about once a month at the Void, and uh, recently we actually uh, well the Void was closing. And we uh, applied for a gr- and got a grant. We applied and got a grant through the city of Bloomington um, to kind of invest in us doing pop-ups around town um, in different locations throughout the year. So uh, throughout 2018, we'll be um, showing movies at different galleries and restaurants and coffee shops and other places. Maybe outside. We don't really know. Um, we'll be showing different. We'll be showing <coughs> different movies throughout the year at different places. You so. mentioned that you got a grant. Is that? Uh what tipped you off to that? I ask that because I remember well the sort of genesis of this because we, we were working together at the time when you and Eric were, were mm-hmm. talking a lot about creating this at work. And I really love how it started as uh, an idea for just a fun thing to do. And now it's serious enough that you're getting grants from the city uh, to do it. What's, yeah, I mean, what was I that was, process we, we, I think like? we were all surprised that our ragtag crew could, <laughs> could convince anybody to give us right. anything. Uh, but no, we just heard that there was an arts grant... Uh, through the city of Bloomington, and it had to be within like the downtown business district. Mm-hmm. And we thought us popping up in different businesses would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, it would bring people out to those places. Also, it's just a cool event. 
and it's a way for us to continue because we were losing the kind of home base. Um, so you had a void void. We had a we have we have a void void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's why basically, you know, we said we would be pairing with business businesses, which is what they wanted, um, just to bring people downtown. Do you have a list of places you can tell us that where you're going to be showing films? Yeah, our first one will be well. I caught the Florida uh, project back on January twentieth. That was great. Oh, where was that? I saw that. That was at the Eiffel. Okay, yeah. great, cool. And uh, we hope this month to be showing uh, something at the Owlery. Cool. Either this month, either this month or in the near future. Cool. So, what kind of attendance are you seeing? Uh, a range. You know? Yeah, at the Void, we, I mean, we <coughs> packed it anywhere between thirty and sixty people. Great. To a, to a typical event there, uh, we'll see how it goes going forward. Do you guys have seats of your, like theater seats of your yeah. own that you? Wow, it was gonna... awesome. That was the main thing that started the whole process. Like we dreamed of having a movie theater, and then I was looking on Craigslist a whole lot to look for seats. You need seats and a screen. Those are the two things. Like yeah. we didn't really have, but we needed when we first started. Uh, and I found these seats from a church in Indianapolis. They were getting rid of these seats, and they're awesome. They look just like like movie theater seats. The kind of cushion that's all like kind of almost weirdly sticky and like <laughs> has like a metal bottom that folds up and these actually have wooden backs and they're like folding chairs but they look just like like movie theater seats yeah. and they're yeah they're awesome we bought a whole bunch of them they're super heavy so where do you keep where do you, where do you, you have a storage facility for these things yeah we are storing them at my parents chicken coop okay <laughs> <laughs> right. there's no chickens in it nice. but we're storing them in their chicken coop <laughs> I well, you you said I mentioned that you were local before. You're you're tried and true. Tried you're a native tried Bloomingtonian. Tried and true. Yeah, Bloomingtonian. We don't get a lot of those. Actually, we've had Lewis. He was one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lewis and Josh are the only ones in town. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones. <laughs> I just mean on the show. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 You know, Jared and I neither one are native Bloomington. Right. Carpetbaggers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you find that a uh, one screening a month is a pretty um, reasonable schedule to keep or is that is that hectic is it tough it's not hectic um the pop-up thing brings some challenges we haven't had before i mean mm-hmm. we, we've usually had a place so it's been pretty easy to store the screen and all these things so and there's some more going into that i mean coordinating the different places we're going to screen it every space is kind of unique so we have to think about sound and light and um snacks and everything for each space so those are all different so those are kind of added challenges but i I would like to do even more we'll see how it goes but you know we've we've given ourselves once a month um to just start through the year because we haven't really done actually a lot of popping up yeah so this is kind of all new but uh eric ayat who is one of the people who i do this with um he's been running a like a traveling film festival for like 15 years or so Mm -hmm. um He's used to traveling from town to town, screening movies in different spots, you know, Making coffee it work shops, in houses. Space. Yeah. yeah. So he has experience doing that, but we haven't really done it here too much. So that's all kind of new. Yeah. How many people are involved in the planning and uh, execution of? There are five of us. Five. Okay. Five of us. So and that's good too, because if somebody can't come, another person can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the average person probably doesn't know what goes into the. Uh, the screening of a film like this as far as like the you're licensing these from places sometimes or sometimes you're how's that work are you always having to pay somebody to screen a film are there different uh rules for like the venue and all that how's that yeah that was something that going into it i was um 
I totally clueless. I didn't know how it worked. I mean, it seems like you go to the the movie theater, the multiplex, and they have movies. You know, you can you can pay to screen those movies as well. Um, basically, it's a lot more simple than you might think. But there, or you know, you. So it's a lot more simple in that. Let's say you wanted to screen. Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Titanic. All right. You wanting to screen Titanic in your town? Uh, you would find out who's the distributor. So it's not necessarily the company that made it or whatever, but it's the distributor, the person who owns it, owns the rights to it. And every movie has that. Um, so even if you're uh, like a library or a school, you still need to contact the distributor and have a contract to be able to show it, even if you're not charging. Um, but you just contact them, and then you then it's like it's like sales. You're just like it's a business. I mean, Wheel and deal. yeah, they're giving you a price, and you're saying, well, we're a smaller theater. Can we take a lower price? Um, and there is a going rate for movies, and the going rate to pay for a license for a movie is 250 bucks, and 35 percent of the door if you go over, over 250 yeah. bucks, yeah. but. That's all negotiable. Wow. So, yeah. And that's kind of behind, behind the scenes. It's no secret. It's just, let's say you wanted to screen Titanic. You find out who owns it. Then you talk to them. And once you get that, you have a contract. You pay them. And you can screen it and charge. So, I mean, there. that's kind of one of the things. Like, people might go to a movie. We're really small. And you might think, you just want to go in. They're just screening a movie. Uh, you know, you'll pay to see a band. But it costs us to put this on, you yeah. know. And us doing that and bringing that is part of the, it's part of the fun, really, for us. I mean, I like the nuts and bolts, how to get it, how to pay for it, you know, figuring out how to get people there. What's your typical uh, ticket price, cover charge? We like to keep it low because it actually doesn't cost us much. I mean, the multiplex really, I mean, they're 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 um, paying the same rates. Yeah. Um, but we like to keep it low. We like to keep it around five to seven dollars. It really kind of depends on uh, how expensive is that. Mm-hmm. They cost. I mean, two hundred fifty bucks. That's a you gotta get. You gotta get some seats. People in seats. Yeah, and I mean, in a small town like Bloomington, that can be a hard amount to. It can be get back. But we've uh, actually really happy. We've always uh, succeeded. Oh, that's great. We've always had enough people show up, and people seem to be uh, learning about it slowly. And a lot of friends and family, but also like every. It's really fun. Every time you'll be like, "How did you hear about us doing this?" You know. Yeah. How are you getting the word out? Uh, you can go uh, to our uh, Facebook page, and that'll mm-hmm. have all of our events. We also, um, uh, you can get on our news list, newsletter, if you send us an email at cicadacinema at gmail.com. And you can, uh, we can send you an email anytime we have something. Have you had any uh, screenings that stand out in your mind that's like favorites or more surprising? Yeah, uh, we showed, uh, we showed uh, Stop Making Sense, mm-hmm. the Talking Heads, uh, concert movie and I, I had never seen that in a theater before um, and I've heard that people want to dance oh uh, but we didn't really know but we like we like set a certain area out that we like took a few chairs away and we were like here's the dancing area just in case well the void is kind of like a was a kind of a warehouse space mm-hmm. and it was meant for concerts most of the time so it felt kind of like you're already in a concert venue but you're seeing a movie and then I would say there were 40 people sitting, maybe 25 people dancing. Wow. And really dancing. And it got really hot. Yeah. And and that that sucks in a movie theater. It's so hot. (laughs) But we asked people at the end, like, 
I'm so sorry. It got really hot. People were really dancing and having a ball. And they said, no, I really liked it. It felt like I was there. It felt like oh, I was sure. in a concert with like people dancing and getting sweaty and like having a good time. And I, that was really awesome. That was like such a different experience. And when it I, was really fun to... Ha- it wasn't in like a kind of stuffy movie theater. It was like in a concert yeah. venue. Yeah. Whenever oh. I start dancing at the multiplex down the road, the, the, <laughs> the, the stuffed suit usher always shines his light on me. It's like, sit down. <laughs> I once played a show in a multiplex movie theater, like in the theater itself. Really? Yeah, years ago. And uh, that was the opposite. It was... Uh, people sitting and it was cold and sterile in there while we were trying <laughs> to play a concert in the movie theater. How did you get to play it? I don't remember. We were, we were just on tour and someone who booked shows, I don't even remember what town it was in. I've, I could probably find that out, but uh, yeah, just some guy that was booking shows in this town was had some kind of deal going with the movie theater. Uh, and we played a show in one of the screening rooms, but it was not. It sounds like yours was a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, we got to take a little break here sure. after this next song. You mind sticking around talking to us? Oh, yeah, some more? I'll stick around. I'll run the board. Oh, great, thanks. thanks. Man. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Do you have something ready for us? Yeah, great. we're going to hear this song and then uh, we'll be back with more Josh Brewer here on Unspoken Requests. Here's Circle City Band from Indianapolis. Circle City Band with the song. The roller skating anthem of a century. Magic. Uh, could you put, put that uh, reverb on my voice, uh, Josh? Magic by Circle City Band. Magic. We'll be back. Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. That was Allison Krauss with I've Got That Old Feeling from the album I've Got That Old Feeling. What do we hear before that, Mike? Before that was a new Jeremy Enoch tune uh, from his brand new album Ghosts called The Long Wait Is Over. Uh, you know Jeremy Enoch from Sunny Day Real Estate. That's right, yeah. One hey, my, you guys played a show together favorites. once. Yeah, you know what? The other night um, I was putting my son to bed and I got a notification on my phone as we're li- I'm li- we're like laying in bed, you know, kind of winding down, and uh, I get a notification that uh, my son's uh, elementary school principal added me as a friend on Facebook. And I so oh. I showed my son. I was like, "Oh, hey, look at this! Here's some pictures of your principal. Isn't that funny?" Weird. And then he wanted to go through my pictures, so we go through my pictures on Facebook, and as we're scanning through, we get to a picture of me and Jeremy Enoch. And Ace is like, "Who's that guy?" And I was like, "Oh." You know, that band we like to listen to in the car, Sunny Day Real Estate. Uh, I was like, that's... Asa goes, oh, that's the singer? I was like, yeah, it's the singer. Uh, and he said, are you guys friends? And I was like, oh, we're acquaintances. <laughs> and then he goes, he looks like Tim. <laughs> Our friend Tim Felton. I don't know. You know Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can yeah. see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it's funny. pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, it is funny. 
Is that all we played? That is all we played. Took me a minute on that new Jeremy Enoch record. I'm a diehard fan. Have been for a long time. Uh, that one was a slow burn for me, but I think I'm coming around to it. Starting to really like it. I just so you know it. where I'm at. I haven't heard anything from it till till just now on Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. <laughs> this week's guest. Can I have some uh, reverb, please? Of course. Hang on a sec. This week's guest, local treasure, Josh Brewer. Josh Brewer. Hey, guys. Hey, Josh. Hey, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for that. Into- <laughs> yeah, that good. I hope anytime anybody ever says my name, it sounds like that. <laughs> uh, did you guys like the Milwaukee Brewers growing up? Did you care about that? <laughs> I have a Milwaukee Brewers hat. Nice. But okay. I never watched the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay. They have a great uh, the mitt with emblem, the, the, yeah, mitt, it's the so mitt. Good. Yeah, it's great. That's a good one. <laughs> does hey, does Paps own that team, or are they are they connected in some way? I have no idea. Or is that just because there's lots of beer in is Milwaukee? Paps Milwaukee? Oh, there's old Milwaukee. There's Pabst. Yeah. There's um, a few beers in Milwaukee. I didn't know if that was just because we're a brewery town, or if one of those beers is mm. associated with. I, them. I doubt they would own them. I one time saw Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings perform in the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee. I think it's just one of the things where you name the town great. after what's going on there, like the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Josh. Can you look that up real quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'm gonna have Josh look this up and see who owns uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you guys talk amongst yourselves. Oh, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we were, uh, we were talking, to Josh, about Cicada Cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything we didn't get to with that? Just, uh, we kind of talked some more after the music started playing, but no, just people should look out for us and follow you, know. you on inst- Instagram. Yep. Oh yeah, where are the yep. best places for people? You mentioned Facebook, Facebook uh-huh. and Instagram. You can follow us there, or you can uh, send us an email, and we'll put you on the mailing list. I prefer Instagram. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, please do. On Facebook, do people always see what you post if you're a page? You know I don't know how that works. It's like some sort of you you aggregator. It's like. <laughs> It's like uh, you can't get people to all the people who like your page to see your stuff unless you pay like an ad. Sometimes it seems like. So what I'm saying is, at least follow on Instagram because you know mm-hmm. you're gonna see those pics, <laughs> see what movies are coming up, mm-hmm. and you can see the movie poster there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Cicada Cinema, check them out. Um, Josh, uh, what the heck else have you been up to? Take a trip? Any trips or anything lately? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Uh, yeah, I have a the big thing that I did last year, 2017, mm-hmm. was uh, my girlfriend and I left for two months, left Bloomington mm-hmm. for a big trip, and we. Uh, well, we you've been here for thirty some years. <laughs> 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 we uh, we biked down the west coast. Yeah, uh, all the way down the west coast. We were gone for about two months. It sounded like a great trip. I've talked to you about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, but to get there, you took a train, right? Yeah, so we took the Amtrak from Chicago to Seattle. How did you get from here to Chicago? Uh, our f- good friend Addison Rogers okay. drove us in a minivan. Okay, great, perfect. <laughs> you have to take your bikes. So, I mean, it actually is kind of a headache to try to figure out how to get bikes to another city. Yeah. Um, you might fly. Like, to get to Seattle, we were thinking of flying, but then we found out that Amtrak, for $20, you can put your bike on the train. So it only cost 20 extra dollars to bring your bike all the way to Seattle. Yeah. And we'd got a sleeper car in the, um, the empire builder is the train that goes, that kind of hugs the border t- with Canada okay. all the way across, like through Montana and everything. Uh, and I had never, I had taken an Amtrak, I think once 
to Chicago from Indy. It's like a couple hours or whatever. Okay. Um, but this was the first time ever doing like a sleeper car. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was like another era of travel. Because you have like an attendant in your room who like puts your bed down and like puts your bed up. So it's not like, like a housekeeper. It's like... An attendant. An attendant. Yeah. Like a, like for each car, there's a person who walks around and will like help you out with stuff. Mike puts me down sometimes. <laughs> I don't I tuck like him it. in. No, I mean, he puts me down. Well, there's that too. Tells me we're not good enough. <laughs> You're attendant. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, but it's awesome. And you, the one of the really cool things is that in the dining car, you're seated with other people. So like four people to a table. And if you're a couple, I was there with my girlfriend. And if you're a couple, you're seated on the same side of the table. And then if two other people come in, they're seated on the other side of the table. And it's random. So you don't know who you're going to talk to. You you have no choice. Which can be a nightmare for a whole meal quietly sitting across yeah. from two other people or it can be awesome yeah and i think the mixture of both of it can really teach you something like about how to just interact with strangers like kind of small talk turning into more than small talk did you have both of those experiences where you had one that was just like uncomfortable the whole time and some that were just great because you met these new people who were friends yeah, fast go- friends and- yeah going out there we took the empire builder mm-hmm. and that one we met more people i think Maybe more people who were like going somewhere. Okay. And we were. So, like, our excitement, we were really excited to go on this trip. So, like, we're excited. We're sitting with these new people and we really like them. We, f- we met some people who were also biking. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, some other cyclists. And they were from England who were coming through. And then we also met a couple from Terre Haute. Oh, funny. Who, uh, who they were, um, there's a name for They're like m- mountaineers. Like, they would climb mountains, but they, they're like, there's some word for like, climbing all the highest peaks in every state wow so these are people who would go to every state and climb the highest peak in every state wow and we like talked to them it was like pretty cool like they had been to every state even like tiny hills in like i don't know kansas what's the highest peak in indiana i don't don't know know. i don't know yeah i'm not sure i don't know they probably have climbed it i'll have josh (laughs) look it up but yeah, we met them and it was really cool going out. So going out there, we met, mostly we were meeting like really cool people. But coming back, we took the Southwest Chief from LA because we biked from Seattle to LA. And then we took the Southwest Chief back to Chicago. And that goes through um, New Mexico. I guess it goes through part of Nevada, maybe. Either way, um, it goes there and going back, like well, obviously I'm from Bloomington. I love the Midwest, but right. there are a lot of like, old grumpy midwesterners (laughs) okay and we got seated next to a couple that were like it was the worst just like uh kind of everything that they did everything that you would make fun of like old midwesterners like they had clips to hold their napkins as bibs (laughs) like in their pockets (laughs) they dentist clips yes they brought them and they pulled them out (laughs) and the wife kind of like put it on the husband and he was angry about it (laughs) and they and then she was like eating her pills at the table like (laughs) no take your pills and like at the, but you're like in a tiny little table yeah. and it was just like, oh, this is what everybody makes fun of. Like old yeah. grumpy Midwestern, oblivious Midwesterners. Yeah. And they were, and like she said this, I was like, we had just gone on this bike trip. Most people are like curious. She says, first thing we sit down, we're, we're like, oh, nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you. Inevitably it comes up. Where are you traveling? What are you doing? Oh, we went on this bike trip. That was the next thing. Right. And then she says, my brother. 
he was a big cyclist. He was more fit than any of us. And, uh, you know, one day he was biking and he uh, he died. He had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And she said, it just teaches you, you never know. Oh that was the first thing she said, and we're both of us were, you know, so kind. Don't of, think you're better than yeah. us because you're in such great shape. Yeah, and it would be real like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow, <laughs> it was like, ooh, there's your balloon, pop it. Yeah. So do you just eat as fast as you can and get out of there at that point? Yeah, and you kind of have. I mean, it takes a little while to eat, so yeah, like yeah. you're inevitably gonna talk. Yeah, sure. But it was like pulling teeth and Gosh. just like weird. So coming back, we we met had some like there were some bus <laughs> yeah. in the dining car. <laughs> but overall, recommend anytime you could, like, take a, like, a sleeper. It's a little bit more money. It's really worth it. Food's all included. And I thought the food on the Amtrak was really good. Oh, great. Yeah. I've done a South Bend to Chicago passenger train, mm-hmm. uh, which was fine, but it d- was not, like, this cool experience that you've had. Yeah. But I mean, it's a lot like a, the, the, um, if you don't get the sleeper, it's a lot like a, a, a bus a that bus. you can move yeah, around in a little totally. bit more. Um, how long is the trip from... Chicago to Seattle on the Amtrak. Uh, it's about 40, 46, 48 hours. So oh, okay. Two full days. That's quicker than I thought, actually. Yep. Yeah. Two full days. Cool. Well, the cool thing is, it's kind of magical because you know you sleep and you're still going. Yeah. And then you can wake up, and they, I think they kind of time it so you wake up in like pretty areas. So you uh, wake up and it's like sunrise in Montana. Yeah. Cool. Like, and I think they plan it out so it's like pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of people ride the train as a vacation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was super cool just to wake up and, like, look out. And it's like, it's we're in Montana. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Were you uh, reading a lot on the train? Were you using your device? What were you doing to pass the time? Uh, I guess you were sightseeing a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, um, the train going out there didn't have Wi-Fi. Okay. So, no devices, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, You're in your own little closet, kind of. It's like a little tiny room. Yeah. Really, we played a gin rummy. Played a lot of, oh, gin, okay. played a yeah. lot of gin rummy. Yeah. Um, actually, going out there, I had a friend who had gone on a bike trip, and he said, "You're really busy. Don't bring a book." He said, "You're so busy, it's just gonna be extra weight." Yeah. Not true. I would. <laughs> I would. I would, uh, I would bring a book or yeah. something to read. Yeah. Because you do have a lot of downtime. Uh, so actually, going out there it was just a lot of playing cards and staring out the window. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, sure. that's like the it's best. Beautiful. Part. Yeah. yeah, you're seeing the country. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Back to the food. What kind of food are they serving <laughs> you on this train? Uh, so uh, because you have the sleeper, mm-hmm. uh, foods included, and that's kind of one reason why we did the sleeper. Um, it is more money, um, but all food is included. And you can get whatever you want, which oh, is like anything. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, so every night I had the uh, field and sea. Special steak and shrimp. Wow. Oh, every night, every night. <laughs> I mean, I was nice. like, I'm gonna pay for myself. Yeah, uh, and it was pretty good. Um, and you could get a side of avocado for every meal. Like oh. it was just a, always oh. a side. Yeah. So I just always got a little bit extra. Why avocado. Not? You know, I go to this Chipotle all the time. They're not? saying guac is extra. Yeah, not on the Amtrak. Hmm? I just kicked the mic. That oh, made it's the okay. sound. It's okay. Don't I do apologize. it. Again. I did it again to show you what I did. I, I found out for that too. I got some information for you guys. Uh, I had mm-hmm. Josh look this up while we were talking there. Um, the highest point in Indiana, Hoosier Hill, that's what it's called. Where, Elevation, where one thousand two hundred and fifty-seven feet. Do you want to take a guess where in the state it might be, or what what large city it's nearest? I'll say Lagoody. Not Lagoody. Um, I think it's southern. I think southern, kind of over by 
Madison. Okay. Looking at the map here, it looks like it's near, uh, the, the nearest large city that it's close to <laughs> is Richmond. It's like, oh. it's like uh, Eastern Central. The jazz capital of the world. Hoosier Hill. Now we know. So it's funny. Um, you mentioned the elevation. Yeah. That is a big part of a bike tour. Is day, oh. daily thinking about how high something is going to be. Like yeah, how, sure. how many feet you have to climb that day is equally as important as how many miles you think you're going to bike. Did you know that going into it or is that something you learned very, from experience? Very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, you know, I started, you know, in case anybody's interested in bike, taking a bike trip, I, we didn't train a whole lot. We weren't avid cyclists. Mm-hmm. We had heard of it. Um, so, no, I didn't have a lot of experience with like thinking about a, a day's ride. Yeah. Um, but very quickly you realize... Let, let's say you're going to go um, 40 miles. Um, if it's flat, it's really not going to take you very long, and you can do it. I mean, after a few days of getting used to biking. But um, if you have two giant hills, let's say a thousand feet, yeah. it's going to take a long time, and you got to think about that and like get get it in your head that you're going to have a big climb today. Um, that so when you say that, it kind of flashes me yeah. back like to thinking about like 1,200 feet. Okay, how that's a that's a big hill. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you're just kind of like thinking about that, and Did like how steep it is is a big big deal too. So is that a number that you encountered? Something about 1,200 feet? Was that something you? 1,200 feet. Yeah. So the the largest climb on the coast in a in a so we again we biked from Seattle to LA, mm-hmm. um, and the largest kind of the big thing people talk about is um, there's one big climb in Northern California. And I'm blanking on the name of the hill, but there's one big climb, and it's basically right after you go through the redwoods. Okay. Then there's this big hill, and I think the actual the, it, you go over it over two days, so it's a little misleading. But you climb about a thousand feet, and then another fifteen hundred feet the next day. Wow. Um. So then you have a a and there's lots of switchbacks. It's really beautiful, and then uh you you come over the hill and you there's a descent of twenty five hundred feet. So yeah. there's no pedaling only coasting and braking for like 20 minutes wow. 20 minutes of just riding downhill is it's, that terrifying uh it can be very if you yeah. don't break enough and if you had bad brakes or something yeah yeah but it was it was just awesome to like just kind of weave through 20 minutes of just riding down i mean you, we probably went seven miles or yeah. more but just like free riding so it's like a cool payoff yeah sure um yeah um so that was the that was the highest hill um that's probably the highest peak, although it wasn't in one day. It was over sure. two, two days. But. So you started. You said you started in Seattle and went all the way to L.A. Mm-hmm. Had you spent much time before this on the West Coast at all, or were you seeing a lot of places for the first time? Um, I had been to San Francisco on like a family vacation mm-hmm. uh, a few times, so I was familiar with kind of with San Francisco a little bit um, from visit, and w- I have a number of good friends in L.A. So we kind of knew L.A. was... We knew it. We knew people to stay with. Um, but everything in between, I didn't really know. I had, I had gone on tour with Busman's Holiday, <coughs> local band, yeah. uh, Busman's Holiday. I had gone on tour with them once up the coast. So I had driven it years and years ago. Oh, okay. Um, but my girlfriend, she hadn't, yeah, she'd only been to LA. So everything north of there, just the whole coast was all new. Yeah. Were you guys camping along the way or where, where were you crashing? Yeah, I, I would, I mean, if anybody was interested in doing it, the, the West Coast is pretty much like the best place to do it because 
there are tons of campsites. It's crazy how many state parks and campsites oh. there are on the West Coast. And we camped, um, so it was about 30 biking days. And we, we it took about 45 days to do it because we took days off and mm -hmm. like saw people. And, um, but we only got three hotel rooms. Oh, okay, uh, great. The whole, the whole month and a half. Mm -hmm. um, so like 90% of the time, you're you're camping so how much stuff were you hauling with you you had a tent sounds like and like what kind yeah. of what kind of uh provisions did you have yeah like the number one thing whenever any, we asked anybody what to do they said bring nothing like really just bring like as little as you can you don't need almost anything oh and yeah any extra weight it's, it just sucks yeah i mean it just sucks because food weighs a lot and you you i mean you start it, you start to see things differently like food the weight of food yeah, is a big right. deal uh <laughs> Which isn't something you typically think of daily, um, but yeah, we you know a, a tent. Uh, we shared the tent, so one of us carried. The, I carried the tent. Uh, each had a sleeping bag and a camping mat. Okay. Uh, electronics. Uh, very few clothes. Um, really, just biking shorts, swim trunks, a um, couple t-shirts, and jacket and rain jacket, like a sweatshirt and a rain jacket. That's kind of it. And then you had a stove, camping stove food some tools what that's that's it i mean that sounds like uh, i mean that's kind of a list but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really not that much I but mean, for a two-month yeah you're gone that's all that's you're living off of yeah. yeah so that's kind of all we did Did you have to bike in the rain much uh in in washington yeah. state we had a bike and washington kind of sucked like in general like it's just kind of depressing mining towns oh, okay i don't know what a, there's something about it was gloomy i've never been up there well it like kind of you're going through the middle of washington state it's just kind of and it was raining every day. So, and that actually was like one part of the trip where, you know, our mood kind of slumped. Mm -hmm. It's also the beginning when you're kind of like getting used to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our mood kind of went down because, I mean, day after day, waking up and you're wet. Yeah. Biking all, and you just stay wet just constantly. And that sucks. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, once we got into probably central Oregon, never rained mm -hmm. for the rest of the trip. But in that actually was a bad thing. We were there during those um, fires oh, in Santa Rosa. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so actually we were camping and that's kind of one of the, you know, kind of what part of the trajectory of the trip was pretty awesome. Oregon's very cool. Then having to deal with, you know, some of the scariest fires in California history. Yeah. Um, we were in um, Fort Bragg um, when the uh, fires started in Santa Rosa, the scary fires that were in, I think that was in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really weird. We were within like 10 or 20 miles wow. of these massive fires that, you know, burnt down 2000 homes. Yeah. Um, and we were camping, which was interesting because we were camping and there were, um, evacuees at the campgrounds because wow. they needed a place to stay. Sure. So we were arriving when families would be arriving in um, RVs and things. Um, and they were getting receipts for FEMA and I, I had never been kind of in like, um, emergency zone yeah um type thing that was pretty that was you know kind of interesting to wrap your head around you know being being so close to something like that yeah so uh, that was a major kind of portion of the trip how long into after you got off the train and got through washington <laughs> yeah how long uh until you felt like because you said you hadn't trained a ton mm -hmm. how long until you felt like you hit your stride and you were like doing it and it was feeling mm -hmm. good and you were having a good time and or did that ever happen <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's it's funny uh i think you get used to the daily uh, routine of getting up 
biking for five, six, seven hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, you get into that within probably a week, week and a half. I mean, then you can, because you, you ended up average, or we ended up averaging around 50 miles a day, more or less 50 miles. Cool. Um, and it was, it got, you know, it was pretty good within about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, but then, unfortunately, really, you feel great kind of right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like the last few days, we were just sailing. I yeah. mean, you, I think your just body's acclimated, and then you, then we were done. I mean, I think. Do you think seeing the finish line uh, on the horizon helps with that? Like just mentally? I, I think more, more it was just physically you're better you're, at You're it. in shape. By yeah, I think yeah. physically you're just in shape. Um, actually, the knowing the finish line was kind of a, a sad thing. Oh, sure. I kind of like didn't. You a didn't, little melancholy. Yeah, you didn't really want it to yeah. end. It felt like, oh, then it's done. Yeah. And that was actually, a, a there's like the post-bike tour blues. Yeah. You really can get into that. Where you get on the train with the grumps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm not sure if they were all so grumpy, but maybe we were, you know? So, but yeah. Yeah, that was, that is a real thing though. When you're done with something, I mean, I'm sure anybody who goes on a trip, you know, a big, a big enough trip. Yeah. You're kind of done and you're like, well, what is, what am I doing now? I, I, I've talked to Zach Canale. You guys know Zach. I, he's a local guy here. He and I have gone on tour together many times over the years and we've talked about that at length about coming home after a big tour and feeling kind of the blues after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a weird thing trying to get back into normal life after yeah. such such high highs and low lows, but it's yeah, such a dynamic, you know, thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it also kind of, uh, going on this, um, really made me kind of reflect on just the importance of like traveling, simply traveling. Oh, and just sure. seeing, Cause I think that not only do you see new things and new people, but also you're, your mind just kind of is open to experiencing new things and just experiencing things in the moment, Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I think it happens in any kind of travel. Are you more interested now that you're home in biking than you were before? Do you find yourself biking more in, in, in Indiana? Well, I came back and it's winter. Oh, sure. So I haven't That'll really been, yeah. <laughs> been biking. Uh, so I haven't been biking very much, Yeah, but I definitely, yeah, I want to keep biking. I actually, fingers crossed, I really want to go on a trip from um, Bloomington to DC. Oh, great! Because I've heard that there's a um, a rail trail, oh, like where mm -hmm. they connect the rail trail from Pittsburgh all the way to DC. Oh, wow! No cars. Cool. A rail trail. I've heard about this. I think it's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but it sounds awesome. Um, we were talking earlier about podcasts and whatnot. You said you don't like to walk around and listen to things. Were you listening to anything while you were biking, or? I mean, it, sounds, it seems like hearing could be a valuable asset while you're on the road or whatnot, mm -hmm. but were there times when you would be able to uh, consume media while you were biking? Was there any of that going on? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I listen to things quite often. Um, the iPod headphones actually don't cancel really a noise very uh, much, sure. so you can hear cars and stuff. Um, also, you, be, you become very comfortable riding next to cars. Ah. Very comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, assuming, I mean, as long as, you know, there's enough room on the side of the road in the, um, the shoulder. Yeah. Um, very comfortable. So I would actually listen to mostly music podcasts would be a little distracting, mm -hmm. but I listened to quite a bit of music while, while biking. So yeah. And some people we met, we met other people doing the same thing, biking the coast and they were like surprised. Like, oh, you listen to music. You yeah. listen to stuff. Isn't that dangerous? I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you live on the edge. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely. Yeah, I definitely did um, listen to stuff. Actually, my girlfriend, uh, her phone crashed, so oh. a lot of the trip she didn't have a phone. Yeah, uh, which she actually kind of loved. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. You know, don't have to worry about uh, phone stuff. Was it tough? Was one of you faster than the other? Was it hard sticking together? 
that's a real thing. That's a good question. Um, yeah. Um, so it's setting pace. So whoever's in front is setting the pace mm-hmm. for even if you're biking with a group of people. Um, I would ha- let her set pace because I think I was a little bit stronger. Also, my bike was a little different than hers. Oh, okay. So I could go a little faster. Um, yeah, I could go a little fast. So really, I just let her set pace. So the entire time, I mean, yeah, my memory of the whole trip is seeing her right in front of me <laughs> every day, all day. Yeah, wow. So I was almost always behind her. Yeah, she set pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a fascinating thing. I've never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe being on tour is the closest analogy I have. Yeah, and having been on like a tour with a band, I would say it's actually kind of the mental state is similar. Okay. Yeah. Well, but it's, there's so much... I mean, I guess there's some on tour phys- physical exertion, but that's like, like you said, five to six hours of biking every day. That sounds rigorous. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not going that fast. So you're, I mean, but it is still a challenge. Yeah. But you're not like racing. Well, sure. You know, yeah. you're really enjoying it, going kind of slow. So it was pretty leisurely. Yeah, yeah. The only hard thing is uh, hills. Okay. I mean, if you're flat, I mean, you're you're just kind of cruising along. Roughly 10 miles an hour. Okay. Roughly. So it's kind of a slow pace <laughs> yeah. for anybody who does biking. All right. Any tire blowouts or anything like that? Two each. Oh, oh Two wow. each. Only okay. two Only two each. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. is all the tires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think each one of us, each tire got one flat. And that's actually really good. Yeah. We're really lucky. Yeah, totally. Cool. But yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds great, man. Yeah. That's cool. But I'm glad you're home. Yeah. You too, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved it, but it's good to yeah. be home. Uh, Jared, should we play some music here? Yeah, let's do it. You got something ready to go? I do. Great. Hey, first, I'm going to play you this thing. What do you got? Well, I just, uh, I don't Should we know. keep the mics up while you play it? Do yeah, we need yeah, to, yeah. to comment yeah, on I'm it? Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. I watched the new, uh, Owen Hart documentary. Uh, professional wrestler Owen Hart. You guys know about him? Sure, yeah. He, uh, uh I'm perished, I'm not correct? Sure. Yeah. He, uh... Who's Owen Hart? He was a professional wrestler, um, from Canada. He, uh... He died in the late 90s when, or maybe it was early 2000s. Anyways, when uh, there was a uh, stunt, basically, where he was like, being propelled from like a wire from the ceiling and it broke and he fell and died in the middle of he this died. wrestling event. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, there's this documentary. This is the library just got uh, about him that came out. And uh, I fell asleep watching it, but then the DVD menu comes on and it's this song. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I had this cold and I was like up and sneezing and stuff through the night a little bit. And I just kept going in and out of sleep. But the whole time, this song was just in the background. So it's been in my head ever since then. This uh, this song. So I just wanted to play that for you guys. Just sh- to share what my uh, night sounded like the other night. Because I slept <laughs> on the couch. Having some marriage problems. Oh, sure. Dog, uh, better than the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have a doghouse. Oh. Well, that's your only option. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I wanted to do with that. Uh, next up, we have... Oh, you're not going to play the whole song? I mean, you get the idea. Uh, yeah. This yeah is, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear it. Just on repeat. <laughs> just on repeat the whole time. <laughs> uh, next up, here on Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike, we have Shipbuilding. Shipbuilding by uh, Eka Reaver, please. Robert Wyatt. Robert Wyatt. Shipbuilding. Unspoken request with Jared. A new winter coat and shoes for the wife. And a bicycle on the boy's birthday. 
just a rumor that was spread around town by the women and children soon will be shit Welcome back to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike and our guest this week, Josh Brewer. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Mm -hmm. We just heard maybe my favorite song. Really? Maybe. (laughs) I listened to it probably more than any other song. The Robert Wyatt song or or the one we just have heard? No, the one we just heard, Coming Attraction by... Jerry Goldsmith, the opening track to the matinee soundtrack. So that has Speaking bumped movies. That has bumped Let's Go Away for a while. I think so. I know that was your favorite yeah. tune for a long time. Yeah. Wow. I I think if I'm, honest, if, I'm, if I'm honest with myself <laughs> and my youth pastor and my friends. Yeah. We're I, we're here to hold you accountable <laughs> right now, Jared. Uh I mean it it changes, but I'd say right now it's probably my <laughs> favorite favorite thing to listen to. Uh, that was from the film Matinee. You guys ever see that movie? I have not uh, seen John that Goodman. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, before that, we heard... Slower and Slower by Duncan Kissinger from his new album Make Time Stop on the local record label, Windspear Records. And before that, we heard I Got to Tell You by Dr. Octagon from the album Dr. Octagonicologist. And we started <laughs> off... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> For those who can't see, I just accidentally punched the uh, mic cord and spit <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Before that, to start off that nonstop rock block, we heard Robert Wyatt with Ship Building. You know how I got that matinee soundtrack? How? Uh, back in 2004, 2005, I was starting up a record store in Muncie, mm-hmm. and uh, a guy I knew, his brother was a like a janitor or something cleaning out an old closed down karma records in Kokomo, Indiana. And it had like, they'd been gone. They'd gone through all the sales and everything. Like, you know, everything's practically giving stuff away, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, by the end, it's just like, people can just take whatever they want. By the end of all that, there's one box of CDs that no one, (laughs) they were utterly worthless (laughs) to everybody. On one of those CDs. <laughs> was your favorite was song, favorite of, all time. song <laughs> of all time? <laughs> no, I was like, oh, Matt Naso track. Oh, you know, I'm going to listen to this. I don't remember this movie too well, but. And I would listen to that soundtrack, like, uh, as I went to bed at night. Wow. Bowl me into sleep. And I particularly liked that one track in, particu- in particular. Uh, so that's where that came from. So uh, we got Josh Brewer here with us today. Um, and during the break, uh, we were continuing to talk about his bike trip. And uh, you mentioned those people you uh, met from Terre Haute, the mountain climbers from Terre Haute. Mm -hmm. And that made me think of Terre Haute as uh, the place where um, Timothy McVeigh was uh, executed. (laughs) Uh, And then I thought of people being executed, which made me think of the electric chair, which got us talking about the electric chair, which then uh, Josh told us he had a story to tell us about the electric chair cut. The electric chair cut. (laughs) And so we stopped him right there. And now we're about to find out what is... The electric chair cut. Can we make a guess at what it is before you? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like a floby type situation. Uh, floby? A floby, uh, like a suck cut from Wayne's World, uh, <laughs> where it's like a vacuum hooked up to a, a hair cutting apparatus, and it so it, it vacuums up the hair as you cut it. Nope. 
What do you think it is? What do you the think? electric oh, haircut. Think, I'm just thinking of the haircut they give you before they fry your brain in the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure that it gets like, you yeah, know, you gotta cut it. There's not too much nice hair in the close. way. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get straight contact. <laughs> well, both of those are wrong. Uh, oh, uh, that's probably for the best. <laughs> the uh, the electric chair cut. It was. Uh, I would describe it as the most interesting haircut I've ever gotten. You've had an electric chair cut. I have. I've been in the electric chair cut. Wow. Chair. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the electric chair cut. Um, I was in New York City mm-hmm. at, uh, do you know Make Make Magazine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a magazine about people making interesting things, DIY stuff yeah. and stuff. Um, I went, I got free tickets to go to the Make Maker Fair. Oh, cool. The Maker Magazine Maker Fair, um, somewhere in Queens. Um, I'd never been there. You know, I was kind of new to the city too, I, you know, just visiting. Yeah. And uh, I got tickets and I went out there and it was a an organized event you know there were uh, you, you remember the youtube video where people dropped a mentos in pepsi oh sure and it, like mm-hmm. squirted up yeah. mm-hmm. well those guys who made that crazy video though they were there okay um people with a life-size mouse trap like mouse trap the game oh it was like a, I, like see. Human, I see like yeah. human size i thought you were still talking execution no. <laughs> 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 oh, what a way to go <laughs> <laughs> be a mousetrap yeah. uh, but I mean like this so there were big like things there were a lot of 3D printers before 3D printers okay. were like that mm-hmm. popular or you could get them so I mean there were organized things it was also a time when uh, when uh, uh, steampunk oh, sure. was real real big mm-hmm. uh. so there was lots of like flamethrower powered yeah. bicycles mm-hmm. and things so all that's all to say it was very organized uh, set up, but there was one guy with a handwritten sign in booth whatever, <laughs> like 54, uh-huh. with a handwritten sign that said electric chair cut. <laughs> and that was the most intriguing thing out of the whole place. Yeah. And I was like, and it was just a guy standing next to a tree, and he had a, a backpack on with an amp. That The backpack was an amp, so it was just an amp strapped to his back. Okay. Uh-huh. And a tool belt with, with hair cutting supplies on the okay. tool belt. Okay, so uh, I'll tell you that uh, I saw people getting an electric chair cut, but then I'll tell you my experience getting one. Okay, so I, sure. I volunteered. He asked for volunteers. Volunteer, who wants to get the electric chair cut? He said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So you go and you sit in his chair, and uh, he did say, very nice guy. It wasn't that scary at first because he said he, he was a, a barber mm-hmm. or a salon person. Uh, he cut hair for a living, uh, and this was his art project. Okay. Which was you, you sit in the chair and he puts the apron on you and then he puts electrical tape around your eyes and around your mouth. So he electrical tapes your like your eyes and mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And he electrical tapes you to the chair. Okay. So you're imagine you're just taped completely to a chair and then well he asked you right in the very beginning, what do you want? What kind of haircut you want? It can be a normal haircut, that's fine. Yeah. I just said, Oh, short on the sides. Uh, and then I said, I want some racing stripes. People go big yeah. because this is crazy. It's this experience. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'll get some racing stripes. So I sit in the chair cut, or the t- electric chair, uh, and he tapes me to it. But his the amp, it, they're all they're touch sensitive mics, like little touch mics. Uh-huh. You know, like where they pick up on the sound. Contact of mics. Contact mics. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> on all of the stuff. And he has guitar pedals on all, on like sound reverb things yeah. on the belt. So, uh, yeah, sound panel. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> Guitar panels. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, uh, so then as he's cutting 
your hair, like the scissors would go like. Actually, can you give me that back again? Yeah, sure. The scissors would go like chok, 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 like think that kind of that kind of that kind of noise. But you're blindfolded, so <laughs> all these crazy sounds are like oh. being blasted like into your ears. <laughs> at but you can feel the hair getting removed. Like yeah. So as he's buzzing, the sound kind of is. It's in tandem with you getting that sensation of getting a haircut. Yeah. But he gives you a normal haircut, and everybody watches you get this with crazy noises. And afterwards, he undoes it after the crazy experience. He just says, thank you. Very normal. He wasn't trying to scare you. He just says, hey, thank you. I hope you like your haircut. Uh, he takes a little piece of your hair, puts it in a plastic baggie, and tapes it to a wall of all the people he's given the haircuts wow. that day. And then you go on your way. The electric chair cut. Wow. That's what it was called, too. It was called I the think I would chair. go for an experience like yeah, that. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was the coolest, like, um, uh, like art, kind of like performance art piece. Like, it was awesome. Because it was curious, really practical. I'd be curious to see how he uh, had mics attached to things. Like scissors. That seems like a hard thing to mic up. Yeah, they were, there were all these cords all just kind of hanging. And mm-hmm. they, they, they were just like really taped on to the, so like you could feel like. Okay. Uh, did you like the haircut? Yeah, it was a good haircut. Yeah. I mean, he was good too. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't scary. That was the thing. Yeah. Like you think, like performance art. I need a. I need was a volunteer. It, was it humorous? Were people laughing? Were you laughing? That's what I loved. It was kind of a mix between being just kind of freaky and weird, yeah. kind of funny, uh, but also he's serious. He wasn't making a joke of it. He's yeah. giving you a good normal haircut. He wasn't hamming it up or anything. No, it's just. Yeah. It was just really normal. And I, th- I remember halfway through, I like. I remember like kind of peeking my mouth out of the tape a little bit and just saying, hey, not too short. <laughs> like, not too short. And he was like, hey, no problem. <laughs> he like whispered in my ear. Which is, yeah, it was really, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I apparently I asked him, I, I remember asking him, um, do, do a lot of people want to get like crazy haircuts? He said, yeah, a lot of people will cut all their hair off. Wow. A lot of people will come and they're like, you know what? Shave it all off. Wow. He said, women, men, people are just like, you know what? This is a crazy thing. I'm, I'm doing gonna be crazy. This going whole hog. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which mm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's the electric chair gun. That is uh, <laughs> much better than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had that one in your pocket. <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Jared, how are you Mike, feeling over there? All right. I got this head cold thing. Oh, that's terrible. But you know, I'll no. get I'll get through it. Yeah. Well, what how are you feeling? Out? How's your neck? You like did something to your oh, neck this week? Oh, you know, I had that in my pocket in case we needed to, you know, pad pad some time. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll have to save that for another date because uh, we're about out of time here. We but, are about out of time. Uh, I had a serious uh, neck and back uh, crick this week that was a big problem. But my mm. brother did some DIY chiropractor on me. I'm feeling great. I feel fine. Yeah. I'm loose. I'm limber. I'm loose as a goose. That's great. Yeah. I didn't know your brother could do that. Me either. Is he, he's trained? He's a policeman. Some <laughs> <laughs> yeah. light manhandling. Yeah, totally, yeah. He knew what to do and it worked great. I felt Im- immediate relief and then over the next two days have become like, I'm like, I'm like 97% now. Still a tinge of, of pain, soreness, but not affecting my mobility at all. That's great. Josh, you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm feeling great. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Yeah, thanks for yeah, being this here. This has been a real fun yeah, time. It's been really real fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Joshbrewer.com <laughs> is uh, <laughs> under construction. But uh, check out Cicada Cinema on the net mm-hmm. and in real life 
at different places around town. They'll tell you where to go. Uh, we just saw the Florida project. Not really though, because this is pre-taped. But in the future, when this airs, we will have seen the Florida project. It was a packed house. Standing room only. <laughs> I don't like to stand during movies, but I had, I stood and it was fine. All the chairs it was were so full. full. <laughs> yeah, it was so full. So get there early. Mm-hmm. Uh, next time, if we have any, uh, well, you know, for whatever's on the schedule for February, February. Yeah, February. I I just while I've got you sitting here and we're mm-hmm. doing this kind of formally, I just want to say that I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm glad that uh, you got a whole crew of people who are so dedicated to it, and I think Thanks. you're offering Bloomington something that is very valuable and uh, also fun and I think that's great yeah thank you yeah well said Mike thanks all right well as we go off drift off into the night hope you're having a wonderful evening here this is surrounding seas by Jean Pierre Dessert that was surrounding seas by Jean Pierre Dessert on unspoken